All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to Dropping the Gloves. I hope everyone's doing good. I hope you had a good weekend. Got out there, had some fun, enjoying the weather. Tim, how was your weekend? What'd you do? What'd you get up to? Yeah, it was a fun weekend. Yeah, I went out to, uh, went hiking. I got a lot done today, did some grocery shopping. Just, you know, very fun. What was yours? Who did you, did you just go by yourself? To the grocery store? Just uh, hiking and stuff? Yeah. No. Interesting. No or yes? What's the answer? I don't understand the hesitation. I did not go by myself. Oh, okay. Maybe that is a question we should uh, talk about another day. Anyways, um, I just, um, you know, we went skating today. We went skiing today. We, I painted a ton yesterday. You know, I'm still working on the house. There's always stuff to do. So very productive, very fun, very uh, late nights. You know, we, uh, we had some fun. We partied hard and the kids crashed heavy last night they're crashing now so it was good but back to work right monday morning gotta get back to work back to the grind back to the podcast grind the season starts is it next week this week in a couple of days yeah what's the puck drop the 13th yeah shoot that's so not puck drops on wednesday. wednesday that's crazy now, we've already had some teams that have come down with some positive tests. The Dallas Stars, yep. they got hit hard. The NHL planned for this with every team to kind of have a little – there's a little room in their schedules to maneuver. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they planned for it this early. You're already canceling games. You're already kind of eating into that cushion you gave every team. So we'll see how it shakes out. I know the NFL – they really switched around their schedules early on. And then later in the season, they're like, tough. Like you, we, we can't switch it. You're going to play this game with no quarterbacks. The Denver Broncos didn't have a quarterback. The Cleveland Browns didn't have any wide receivers. Their last game of the season that they had to win. They're like, tough. We have to play this game. I'm sorry. So we'll see how much cushion they get. And if they have to, A, start canceling games, or B, just start making teams play with like 15 guys, 16 guys. We'll see how it goes. I know football, they have a lot of guys just hanging around. Yeah. You can, you know, scratch together a team. It's not that way in the NHL. I know they'll have a, a taxi squad. Maybe they'll carry instead of 23, maybe 28 to 30. But I don't know, Tim. What do you think? Does it scare you a little bit that this season might be just a wash? No, I don't think it'll be a wash. But it scares me to think about just like every week, I feel like we're going to have one or two of these little 
quarantine outbreaks where the, the teams have to cancel games or reschedule games and you're going to have some uh, – would you – would you? okay, here's a question. Would you ever have a scenario where you play two games in one day, same team? You can't. No way. Well – Like what? noon and eight or something. Man, would that be tough. Imagine. That would be – that'd be cool. But what – I guess you would just want to rush games in because, like, you're getting out to the wire. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't see it getting to that point. That's a little outrageous. This isn't peewee hockey in a tournament. Yeah. But I, I do think they will have to be flexible with their schedule where, you know, it's going to become the end of the season. And if you want to get the 56 games and if they're meaningful games, teams are going to have to do, you know, fours and four and four, you know, five and six and just really bang out these games to get them in. So we'll see what happens. The San Jose Sharks are still in Arizona. They're starting the season there. Huge kind of that, that's that's tough on them. You know, California, they can't play there. They're still being weenies, and it is what it is. They, they got the, the Arizona Coyotes are nice enough to let them use their rink, and they're there for the foreseeable future. Tough on the players, tough on the family, tough all around. The Sharks were going to be bad as it was to kind of throw this on top of that. Oof. Are they going to be the worst team in that division? Uh, them are the Kings, right? Or the Ducks. Oh God! Ugh. There's some tough teams in that division, so I don't know. I just feel bad for those guys. I really do. Do you think that collection of teams is what the Bruins are headed for in the next couple of years? As far as what do you mean? Just like a powerhouse team for so long, and now it's just in the basement, like just the natural cycle of the of the league. Yeah, it's it three does of them. go that way. The Bruins have done a good job of drafting, and I think that's where and the Sharks. They have too. They have some good young players, but. It's when you saddle yourselves with these contracts and you're just tied to these guys for five, six years where really, really just it handcuffs you. The Sharks have done that. The Kings have done that. Anaheim, not to the extent. I I could see them turning it around a little bit quicker than the other two California teams. But, man, when you're tied to Burns and Vlasic and Carlson and Couture and those guys for that amount of time, that's tough. Like, it really is. Then you have Kopitar and Brown and dowdy and quick like they're good players but they have aged man and it's just it's tough it's it really is tough to put a team on the on the ice that's competitive for a stanley cup when you have those guys making that much money but anyways no i to answer your question no i don't i don't see the bruins doing that they they're actually pretty smart with their contracts they don't have anything that's overly egregious i feel like bergeron has a few more years left in him i think marshawn is still in his prime Krejci, he can go but they still have some young, good players. I feel like the Bruins could, you know, potentially compete in a few years if they make some good moves. Obviously, nearly a couple of head scratchers this offseason. But, you know, you can't, you can't hit them all out of the park, Tim. They can't all be home runs. So, anyways, moving forward, I actually – I have some news for the fantasy hockey fans out there. I made a big trade right sure away. Did. Yeah. I love making trades in fantasy. I don't care if it's whatever sport it is. I feel like if – you're not trading. It's just no fun. You're just kind of setting a lineup and just away we go. I traded my first round pick, my number one overall, right away. So I picked Leon Dreinsidel. I traded him for Connor McDavid. I traded him for David Posternock. And I traded him for who else was it, Tim? I can't remember. So, okay. It was Dreisidel, Johnny Gaudreau, and Tristan Jerry. That's who I gave up. That's who you gave up for McDavid, Posternock, and Tuca. You got so better let's just go, at every position. Let's just go down the list. So Tristan Jerry, Tuka Rask, I win that trade. I'm getting yeah. Tuka. 
hands down, he's better than Tristan Jerry. Pittsburgh might be a better team. That's debatable. Pasternak, he's hurt, but he's better than Gaudreau. Like, give me a break. And he'll be back pretty he'll soon. He'll be back, baby. He's coming back in February. We know it. I know oh, it. You know it. Don't let the John make the playoffs. Oh, baby, heads up. And then McDavid and Dreinsettle, they're, you know, tomato, tomato. It's the same yeah. thing. They're the same player. So I think I came out of that trade looking pretty nice, if I don't say so myself. And then I, I, I'm dealing with another guy. He really wants Shifley, and I want Dubois, but I'm not getting fleeced on this one. I know I know Shifley's much better than Dubois, so he's got to up the ante with the defenseman. So I'm trying to get, uh, I'm trying to get that D'Angelo from the Rangers. He's a good player. He's good. He's he's kind of pushing back. He keeps offering me this guy from Detroit I've never heard of. No, Nois? N-O-O-I-S or something like that? Joes or Nois or something? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. My my point is I've never heard of this kid, but apparently he's on Detroit and he is okay. I'm not taking that bum. I don't want him. I don't need him. Detroit's going to be a train wreck again. The guy's going to be minus 50. I don't want that kind of stuff for my team. I don't need it. I don't want it. I'm not going to have it. Anyways, moving on. It's this time of year where where you get to kind of do predictions. You know, you think about what could happen. You think about who's going to be good, what teams are going to succeed, what teams are going to struggle. Last year, I really, really missed the mark. I picked my Stanley Cup champion was the New Jersey Devils. (laughs) How bad was that? Could it get any worse than that? No. They, They picked up Wayne Simmons. They got Taylor Hall. They were coming off a successful season. They were looking really, really good. And boy, did they tank. They just took a big, huge stink. Like, they, they were the worst team I've ever seen play hockey. Speaking of the Devils, Corey Crawford, my friend, retired. Are you concerned with Corey Crawford? Yeah, I mean, obviously there's some concerns of health or mental health. Something's going on there. Um, he played two two days of the, of the training camp with those guys, and – Decided to call it a career there, so which is a little strange. So something for sure is going on. What do you think? Is it indicative of New Jersey where you just go there and you just think it's that bad? And you're like, I'm retiring. I can't, no, I can't do it. Ugh. I'm leaving. I'd rather not play than play for you. I'm okay. I'm going to pass. He like had two practices. He's like, this rink stinks. This city's a joke. Everything's locked down. Can't find a decent sub in this city. I'm out of here. Or is he having something serious where he's having issues at home, which is more likely. I don't want to make light of it, but I don't know. You know, Corey, I, I see him every once in a while in Chicago at the Hawks conventions, and I'm around Chicago, you know, a little bit when he was there. And he, he, you could tell he was a little different. You know, he, he got a couple of concussions, and he just wasn't himself. So hopefully, you know, it's, it's not too serious, and maybe this is a good thing, him stepping away from the game, focusing on himself, focusing on his family, because – Hockey's not everything, you know, it's, it's a blip on the radar in the grand scheme of things. When you talk about a lifetime, 10 years, he's going to live till he's 80, 85. So it's, it's, it's a blip on the radar. So hopefully he can kind of figure things out and, you know, come out at the end of this, you know, feeling better. Who knows? But anyways, we're thinking about Corey Crawford. Doesn't really affect the devils too much. You know, they have Wedgwood, they have uh Blackburn. I don't know. Like they got a couple of guys that can, that can stop the puck. Not that they're going to be good. They're going to be, you know, they're going to be, what is it called? Chum in that division? Yeah, the they're bottom chum. dwellers. The bottom dwellers, the, the big boys are just going to dominate them. Anyways, moving on. So predictions. So Tim and I, are these going to be outrageous predictions? Are these like, because my predictions are projections. They, they, they could be attainable. 
I would say these are not impossible. No. Okay. But so they're bold. They're bold. Bold predictions for this year that I hope come true. That I really do. Because if they do, it'll be a very entertaining year. So we, we, we teed up a couple. We're going to chat through it. And we'll see where we get. So, Tim, you, you can lead us off. Go for it. Yeah, let's go. Uh, we'll do one each and just kind of rattle them off. Yeah. Um, my first one, and I've told you this before. I'm not sure if I said it on the show. But my first bold prediction is that Tory Crew is going to lead all defensemen in points this year in St. Louis. I think he's just going to be just going to fit in. He's going to have a little bit more of a, a running gun system there. And he's just going to be putting up points left and right, especially on the power play. So not too, too bold. He's obviously up there. But he's never done it, and he's going to be that guy this year, especially considering what John Carlson did, basically a point per game last year. But Tory's going to be number one. I think you um, I think you mentioned the guy who's going to be right up there with him. It's going to be him or John Carlson. I feel yeah. like those two guys are – they're just set up for success. And I, I know this sounds crazy. Tyson Berry will be there too. He's on the first power play unit. They've already said it at Edmonton. Dave Tippett, I know him. I know that coach. I know how he used Oliver Ekman Larson in Arizona. He likes putting out five-man units. So when I was in Arizona, he would always try to get Oliver Ekman Larson with Domi and Duclair or Vermette and these skilled guys. He wouldn't put me out there with the first line because I'm slowing them down. I'm hindering what they can do with the puck. So he likes putting the five-man unit out there. He's going to put Tyson Berry with Connor McDavid as often as he can. And I know Tyson Berry was in Toronto. I know this and that. If you put that guy in that situation and you kind of take the shackles off him a little bit, I feel like he's going to put up some points this year. I feel like last year was a blip on the radar. It was a, it was an aberration, an aberration. What is it? Aberration. 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 Well, anyways, I feel like he's going to have a bounce back year. I expect him to put up some serious numbers this year. He's going to compete with Krug. He's going to compete with Carlson. Hedman's always there. Tampa Bay's is going to feast on that division also. But anyways, I like that pick. I like it, Tim. That's very, very – if I'm going to put a rating on that, like a percentage of that being coming true, I go 60%. Yeah. That that could potentially come true. All right, my turn. All right, I'm going to throw some numbers for you. 238. 280, 372, 391, 469, 546, 645, 714, 734. See the amount of fights per year for the last 10 so years. You notice I started off last year, it was a very low number. 10 years before that, it was more than double, almost more than triple. I feel like this year we are going to have a resurrection of the fisticuffs. Yeah, I feel like last year was the lowest ever at 238, and they played a full season. So if if we're prorating that, the fights per game was 0.19. That's a very, very, very low mark, the lowest ever in NHL history. I feel like we're going to turn back the clock. We're going to get the fights back up to 0.4 fights per game. So that equates out to be like, I don't know. I, I'm not a mathematician. I didn't do the math, but we're going to – the fights are going to increase. I feel like we're going to have a lot of rivalries. There's going to be a lot of back-to-back games and the tempers will flare. You're going to see a huge jump in fighting back to when it was the early two thousands, when it was just fun. That's my prediction. Fights are going to go through the roof. We're going to get double the amount of fights. Last year we had 238 fights in a full season. I say we get 300 fights in a shortened season and it's going to be great. Wow. Fans are going to love it. 
and it's just going to bring people back to the game and it's going to be a win-win all around and Gary Bettman's going to see this and he's going to be like, well, maybe we need fighting back in the game. Maybe we should ease the reins. So that's my prediction. And I was actually looking at fights in the preseason because that kind of like sets the table because preseason when I played, it was an absolute, it was a gong show. You would show up and there'd be four heavyweights on every team and you knew you were going to get into a fight. It was just, it was a matter of when, not if. Fights in the preseason have gone down so much. It's insane. No one fights anymore. It's like, it's almost sad. The percentage of games of the fight in the preseason is 30%. Back when I was playing, it was 70%. It's just insane. It's like crazy. It's like, what are we doing preseason for? To see how talented you are? No. Preseason is to get a little nutso. I'm jumping Phil Kessel, baby. Like, it's preseason. <laughs> <laughs> like we're having some fun. Like, like that's what it's for. So anyways, that's my prediction. We're going to set a new mark, higher percentage than the last five years this year. I like that. And I hope that happens too. Cause you think about just the teams that are playing each other seven, eight times a season, a lot of times going to be back to back games or, or, you know, two or three games in the same week. So I think you will see that hatred. It'll be a, a mini playoff series. Right. And now my question though, is if that starts happening and, Batman sees the success and he starts and it becomes a trend again to bring fighting back. Are you going to start working out? Are you going to start running? Are you going to start? Oh no, my, my time has passed. (laughs) I I skated with the girls tonight and I was, it was, it wasn't pretty mind you. I haven't skated in almost a year. It's been a long time. What I do predict though, is if, if this happens, Batman will see that and he will schedule more back-to-back games. He will schedule more rivalries. You'll see teams playing geographic rivals more often than not. And I hope that happens. We talked about that on an episode a few, few weeks ago. I hope that happens. Anyways, what, what do you got next, Tim? Blue Wire Hustle. It's a brand new program where you can host your own podcast at Blue Wire. You can be just like me. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Now, it might not get to dropping the gloves level. Might be better. I don't know. Now, here's your chance. As a part of the program, you receive a personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. So many tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher. I don't even know what Stitcher is, but we will get your stuff pushed out there. And the best part is... It's only 15 bucks a month. We pay 15 bucks a month for for Blue Wire to do this. So you're going to get the same deal as I do. It's unbelievable. So whether you're just starting from scratch or you have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to level up your sports experience. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash Blue Wire. Acceptance is limited. They're not just going to take everybody. So you got to have a good idea or a good podcast. So get in there. Check out the description box to find out more. That's bwhustle.com slash join. All right, everybody, listen up. Your company's salary cap is probably tighter than it's ever been, and you can't afford to miss on a new hire. Every person you add needs to fit just right, just like Tim does on the podcast. He fits perfect. That's where Indeed helps you hire great people faster. Indeed.com is the hiring site that helps you find quality candidates instantly with Indeed Instant Match. So you can do the part you really need faster, meeting and hiring great people. Unlike some hiring sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility, delivering a quality shortlist faster. Now you want your quality shortlist fast? You need Indeed right now. Listen up. 
our listeners get a free $75 credit to upgrade your post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is Indeed's best offer anywhere. Get a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer is valid through March 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, my second bold prediction, looking at that Eastern Division, obviously the Devils are the... No, the no, use, use the sponsor, please. They didn't oh, pay what? money to be called the Eastern Division. <laughs> what is it? Is I don't know. Discovery? Bridgestone? Who knows? Bridgestone? Discovery Channel? Um, <laughs> so my prediction is that the Rangers, Bruins, and Flyers are all going to miss the playoffs. Wow. And the teams that are going to make it are the Islanders, Penguins, Capitals, and Buffalo Sabres. Wow. That is a huge, really. Now, why? Wow. Eichel and Hall. reasoning? Eichel and Hall. I think it's going to be just magic out there. That well, at least in this in the universe of this prediction lives in. That's that's what they connect. They are, are both top five, top ten in points. I think that's. I mean, Stahl is good. I, I just think Darlene takes a big step forward. Um, yeah, that, I think everything just kind of falls into place for them. I can see that. I cannot see the Flyers. No way. I feel like they are the front runners in that division. I like their setup. I like what they have. And I, I can't see the Flyers not making this playoffs. Hey, it's I a bold really, prediction. really can't. It's, bold it's a bold prediction. Very bold. If I'm going to rank that on my scale of 1 to 100, 10%. There's no way. Even the no Rangers. Way. I think the Rangers are at the top of that division, too. It's, it's just such a good division. It's well, crazy. yeah. The Flyers are the one that sticks. The Rangers are young. I think the Rangers are going to be successful. That that kind of that parlays into my prediction. Okay. I think the Hart Trophy and the Calder Trophy are both coming from the New York Rangers. I think Panarin wins the Hart, and Lafreniere wins the Calder. I know it's not, I'm not going on a limb with the Calder, or I either the Hart either. I think Panarin runs away with the Hart. I think they both come from New York. New York surprises that division, and they compete, and they potentially this could be. I'm not going to spoil my other ones. I like New York this year. I really do. I think they got a good goaltending tandem. I like their forwards up front. I like their young defensemen. The thing with having young players these days, the learning curve isn't like it used to be. You know what I mean? Going from the juniors to the NHL 20 years ago, it was a huge jump. There, you were, it was a, going from playing with boys to playing with men. Now I feel like it's so it's, – it's comparable. It's not a huge jump. You see guys jump from college and jump from juniors right into the NHL, and they just succeed right away. So the idea of, like, having that learning curve is gone. There's no one there to scare these kids. These kids come in, and they're uber confident. So I just feel like, I don't know, the Rangers are one of those teams where if they get some mojo and they gel and they get on a roll, they could they could do some damage in that division. And I, I see them being very successful. But that's my prediction is Panarin Hart, Lafreniere, Calder. And then the coach of the year, obviously. But anyways, that's without that you know that goes without saying. Yes. Okay. My third bold prediction, and this is a, a real a lot of fun to imagine. Joe Thornton stays on that top line for the whole season with Matthews and Marner for the entire season. Interesting. I, huh. So that means he has to put up points. Yep. That means he has to he has to produce, and he cannot get hurt. <laughs> 
not going to get hurt. And he's not going to like be a point per game or anything, but like in a 56 game season, maybe he puts up 30 points and you know, no, he can't stay on that line putting up 30 points. Not a chance. That means they're, they're not a successful line. Yeah. If they're, if they're, if the other two guys are doing what they do and he's like creating space and open opening opportunities for them and dishing in like, you know, five goals, 25 assists. Yeah. Yeah. And it- his numbers, if if he stays on that line for 56 games, he's got to have 45 to 50 points. He can't have 30. So I I would love to see it happen. I don't see it happening. I think it's going to be a week and a half tops. <laughs> a, a week and a half tops. And he'll be, he'll be pushed down into the lineup. I don't think he can play that many minutes. I don't. I don't think he can keep up. Keep up. They're two different types of animals. Those two guys are sprint, sprint horses. They're sprinters. They're Usain Bolt. He's a, he's a, you know, he's a long distance runner, baby. It takes him a long time to get from A to B, but he's, he's a heck of a hockey player. He's damn skilled, but there's no slight on him. It's just, I don't, I don't see that happening. Tim, you're, these are bold predictions. We said bold. I know, but like not Panarin winning the heart trophy is not bold. Well, it's bold when you have other like skilled guys. It would be his hurt first heart trophy. It's a bold prediction. I'm not saying Ryan Reeves is going to win the heart. Like you got to be a little realistic here, Tim. Joe okay. Thornton staying on that line the whole season. Philly not making the playoffs. Oh boy. Okay, this is where we're going. My next prediction is the Edmonton Oilers will have three of the top five scores in the league. That's my prediction. That's bold. That's bold. I think they have three of the top five guys, point getters in the league. So who's number three? The, the Nuge. Wow. Those are my three. I think you're obviously the two, and then I think Nuge is going to have a year. So that's my prediction. Those three guys are going to light it up. They're going to get 60 to 70 points each, and they're really going to have a season. Has that I ever happened in history before? Three of the top five? I don't know. I know there's been two. It's happened quite often, but I don't know if there's been three. So I, I just think there does come some benefits of playing the same team over and over and over again. You get familiar. You know it works. You know you know where to go on a goalie. You know how defensemen work. And I think the advantage is for the offensive guys playing against the same guy over and over and over again because you know their tendencies and you can work with it. You can kind of use it against them. Whereas if you're a defensive guy – you have the same move. Like you, you play defense one way. You can't just all of a sudden change up your game. A forward, you know, they can attack the zone at different angles. They can do different things. They can be aggressive, pull up, stop up, dump the puck in. So I think this definitely benefits the offensive guys. And I think Edmonton's going to succeed. I think they got a good team. I feel like, yeah, I don't think it's going very plausible that it happens, but I think it could happen. Those three guys being in the top five of scoring. Tell me about Nudes, because I, I like him. Obviously, he was first overall. He's not been a superstar, but he's been a good player, especially in the last couple of years. I feel like he's taken some steps forward. Like, what's he like as a player? Is someone you game plan against? What's his game? Well, that's the thing with um, him is he always gets overshadowed by other guys on his team. Ever since he's been there, he's been overshadowed by Hall. He was overshadowed by Yakupov. Then you had Dreinsidel, and then you had McDavid. He was never the guy on that team. There was always somebody else who was – you know, more flashy, who they expected more of. So he's always just kind of been there being productive, getting points, never, you know, blowing anybody out or getting a ton of points, but he's just a consistently good player. He's like a Marner. You know, he's a playmaker. He does, you know, really creative things on the ice. 
I like him. I like his game. You know, there's a reason they haven't traded him because I'm sure they've got a ton of offers for him. He's very valuable. It's not like he make it makes a ton of money. Like he he's under a good contract. So I don't know. I think he will have a good year this year. I, I like the Oilers setup. I, I hope, I don't know. They're all offense that team. They always are. So we'll see what happens. That's my prediction. Three guys. I had 60 points just because it's only 56 games, but should I go 65? They're, they're in the top. They're in the top five, three guys in the top five scoring. Yeah. Okay. My next one, number four might be my boldest one. Um, it is that Dylan Larkin center for the Detroit Red Wings finishes top five in points. Oh, how is this possible on this planet? <laughs> okay. First of all, he's a good player. It's not like he's, you're right. He's good. He's a, He's a good player. I think maybe just the chips fall his way or whatever. I really like that power play that, that Detroit has. They've got him, Mantha, Bertuzzi, Bobby Ryan, and Philip Ronick. I think he's Ronick's going to be an underrated player. Uh, yeah, I think Dylan Larkin takes a major step forward, gets on the level of a uh, Patterson or a Barzal and those types of guys and finishes top five in points this year. I wish I'm sorry to the fans. John's I'm, eyes roll. Sorry for the listeners because this is outrageous. Are you just picking random players and saying, <laughs> like, it, I love Lamp. No, there's no way. He will be lucky to be top 25, 30. That's not that bold. If I was going to be a bold prediction on him, I would say not even in the top 50, which isn't even that bold. Not even that bold. I don't, I mean, was he in the top 50 last year? Detroit is going to be a dumpster fire, an absolute train wreck. They have no business being in the NHL this year. They're going to be awful. Hands down, they're the worst team in the league. There's nobody who is going to touch them. Nobody nobody close. So, Tim, that's outrageous. That's outrageous. It's not that outrageous. Two years ago, he had 32 goals and 73 points in 76 games. Like, it's not okay. like he's he's not – He's a good player. Who do you, who do you think is better, him or um... – McDavid, McDavid. No, no, no. no. Uh, Dreinsidel, I take Dreinsidel. The Nuge, the Nuge, Nuge. You think Nuge is better than Larkin? I do, I do. Larkin's very fast. He's they're skilled. close. Yeah, they're they're, they're close. If I'm going to take a player on my team, I'm taking Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I'll put a poll up Top. on Twitter. See what people say. Top five. Oh, oh my goodness, that's outrageous. That's a that's a bold take, Cotton. <laughs> We'll see how that works out for you. All right, here's my bold prediction. Number four, there will be no coaches fired this year. Okay, why? I feel like, I don't know. I just don't think there will be teams. The teams that are meant to struggle, they're going to struggle. I feel like everyone's going to hang around. And I feel like there's like Detroit's going to stink. Ottawa's going to struggle a little bit. Um, the Devils are going to stink. I just don't think there will be any coaches fired. I think it's one of those years where everyone's going to be pretty competitive. There is a lot of parity in the league. Everyone's going to come down to the wire. That's why I don't think there will be many trades at the deadline as well this year. I think everyone will have a shot at the playoffs, especially because there's four teams out of each division. There are only seven teams in the North. So if if you're within five games and there's 20 games left to play, there's a shot. You play the four teams above you probably seven times. So if you go on a run, you're in the playoffs. So I just don't see – a team firing a coach. The only way a team fires a coach is if they're meant to succeed. If you're a team that's going to compete, 
and you struggle early on. And then they want to, you know, jumpstart the team because we've seen that recently where a team, you know, makes a coaching change. They did it in St. Louis. They did it in another team and they won the Stanley Cup. So my prediction is no coachings, no coaching, no coaches being fired all season long. I think that's a good one. That is a good one. It's pretty outside the box, too. Outside the I box like, thinking. I like being outside the box. You can't contain me, Tim. I'm uncontainable. All right. Okay. My final one here, which I think is not as bold as some of the others, but still fun. Well, I would about. hope so. But it's not hard to be less bold than what you've said. <laughs> my final prediction, my bold prediction, is that a Canadian team will win the Stanley Cup this year. I was thinking about that. I was thinking about that as well. If if there is a year for a Canadian team to win it, this is the year. Right. They have a definite advantage. They're making it to the final four. They are guaranteed a final four team in the in the Stanley Cup finals. Like that's that's a huge advantage. So who are you going to tell us who? Uh no, not yet. I, I think the four playoff teams would be Calgary, Edmonton, Montreal. Mm, I don't know. I don't know who the odd man out is. I think Ottawa and Winnipeg are the odd man out, but then you got Vancouver, Montreal. There's three odd teams out. I know, I know. I no, I can't. Do, that's as bold as I'm going. The Canadian team's going to win the cup. That's as far How as I'll do you go. Say that, not pick a team. Damn. There's seven of them, John. I. It's a bold. I would give that a fifty percent chance of happening, or maybe a twenty five percent chance if I'm going to do the odds because there's they're one of four. I don't know. See, my prediction is the Rangers are going to win the cup. That's my prediction. I think I predicted it, it, they would miss the playoffs. <laughs> what's that? I predicted they would miss the playoffs. I know. Isn't that great? These are bold predictions. I like the Rangers. The only sad part is if they win the cup is for Henrik Lundqvist. Oh. How, how heartbreaking would that be? If they all of a sudden win the cup, this young kid, this shish kid. Thurston. Igor, he like lights it up. He's only had 12 or 15 games professionally. And they're just <laughs> handing him the keys to this team. I thought so, you were going to say he's it, only like 12 years old. It, like it could be a complete disaster. He just, it turns out to be a huge fraud and he's an awful goalie. But I don't know. I don't know. Stranger things have happened. If, if it's going to happen in a season, it's, it should be this season because the Rangers, they're going to be an exciting team. They got a lot of good young players. They got a lot of exciting defensemen. If their goaltending holds up, why not? They're in the hardest division. So if they get to that division, like the playoffs should be a cakewalk for them if they can make it to the final four. Just going down that rabbit hole for a minute, do you think, obviously there are rules on whose name gets on the cup and all that, but do you think the Rangers would give Lundqvist some kind of tribute or some kind of head nod? No, no, A ring, nothing? I don't think Lundqvist A would want it. And B, you're crazy. No. Sorry, Henrik. We won. You want this, buddy? Give him a day with a cup. You want this? <laughs> Sorry. No, no, not even. I know it sounds like a great idea. It, it would be so demeaning for Henrik Lundqvist if they even yeah. if they even entertain that, Tim. Like, there's no way. It's like, sorry, bud. You know, you want a ribbon? Here you go. Here's your cookie. We won the cup without you. No, that's 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 outrageous, Tim. Come on. It's romantic thinking, I guess. Your whole podcast has been very frustrating for me. <laughs> even, even that, even that, just question. It's like no, never ever in a million years, never ever. Uh. Why would a team do that? The question is, actually, is I guess it's not a question, but if they have like thirty-five guys on their team, do they have flexibility on the amount of guys they get to write on the cup? You know, 
I don't know. Probably not. They probably keep it the same because those guys won't see any ice time. But anyways, that's my prediction. Rangers hey, win the cup. Let me just say this, though. The Red Sox 2004, they gave Nomar a ring, even though he was no longer on the team. And he should be embarrassed. He should never wear that ring. How awkward did that They traded him to the, to the Cubs like at a deadline. But he was there Good. for like so long. He was their franchise player. He was the heart and soul of the city. Traded him away. They won the, they won the World Series. And then they... Well, obviously, they, he was the issue. Like, I don't understand how he could accept that. Here's your ring, Noma. Like, does he go out to restaurants and bars and people are like, did you win? He's like, no. They just gave it to me. Isn't it a nice ring, though? I, uh, I was on the Cubs. Nah. <laughs> yeah. It's a cool ring, though. I would never wear that in a million years, ever. It'd be the most sad and pitiful thing to do, wear that ring around if you didn't earn it. No way. You know, if I was like a black ace, I don't know if I'd wear my ring around. Yeah. You know, how I told you one of my buddies works at Fenway. He's the one that has like the, the keys to the city. Um, he got a ring when they won. He, I think he has two, 11 and not 11, but 13 and 07 maybe. Yeah, I, that's different. You're not a player. You're yeah. a staff. If you're a player and your job is to play, you know, and do your thing on the field, on the ice, whatever it may be, you can't be flaunting around a ring. Like I, I do these charity events and – I see him with the Hawks quite a bit. And I see these guys with the rings and I'm like, did you even play a game in the playoffs? And I'm like, no, I'm like, why are you wearing that ring? You didn't do anything to contribute to that ring. And you know, good you don't for say them. that to him. I say something close to that. I'm like, I wouldn't wear that ring. <laughs> I, I don't care. Like, you know, me, what I could care less what they think of me. I said, probably say the Ben eager, but he did something. He contributed. You know, but there are guys who didn't play a game. I'm like, come on, bro. Like, come on, put it in the safe, put it away. You don't, you, you shouldn't wear that. Cause then you see other guys who've won it and they deserve to wear it and they don't wear it. You know, it just, it's funny how that works. Anyways. Interesting. Anything else, Tim, any hockey talk? No, no, just excited for the season. Hopefully it starts on time. It's been a couple of days of, of question marks of these COVID breakouts and this canceled practices and all that. So I'm very excited to watch hockey again. I can say that. Yeah. Did you see all the conspiracy stuff happening now with Trump? How there's like, he's calling in the National Guard and they're going to like go after all these major cities and try to unravel all this fraudulent voting. And it's my my hockey team here in town, the Jolly Pumpkin. There's some... There's some conservative guys who are like kind of tied into some, I don't know where they get their information from. They're like, go out, get some food, get some supplies. You're going to be locked down. You know, don't get the update on your phone. Something's going down. Apple's going to update your phone. They're not going to let you get Trump's messages. He's going to use the emergency broadcast messages to get in touch with you. Stuff's going down. I'm like, what is going on? You haven't heard of any of this? No, it's kind of scary. Well, I just think it's all fake news, but it's just like, what is happening to our country? It's, it's absolutely bizarre. It's absolutely bizarre. I don't even own a gun. I have to go buy a gun. You feel you have a gun. Yeah. I was talking to some guy the other day, and we were just talking about hunting and stuff. And he's just a you know, normal guy, a little bit older than me, but just a nice looking guy. I was like, yeah. He's like, so you don't own anything. I'm like, no, like I've never really hunted. He's like, so you don't own a rifle or a gun or a bow or anything? I'm like, no, I don't have anything. I'm like, why do you? And he lifts up his shirt. He's got a handgun right there. I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay. I see. So this is, this is how we do it now. And he's yeah. just like carrying around a handgun. I was like, this is wild. Like, this is absolutely wild. I'm like, what kind of gun is it? He's like, it's a Glock 
number. I don't know what the number was, but it was like just tucked into his waistband. I was like, cool, cool, man. It's a strange time, Tim, we're living in. I, it's just bizarre. But we should do, uh, we'll get, we'll do another <laughs> episode, another podcast. Anyways, um, very exciting. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll do one on Wednesday. I'm going to try to get an interview. I don't want to call Rebork. I, I don't want to. Why? I don't know. I just, uh, he said he would do it. We'll save that one. We keep it in the holster. You got, you got, uh, uh did the guest today text you back? Mike Brown. Yeah. He said he's down. He can do it whenever. Yeah, he said, yeah, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> so he said he coaches a hockey team at night, but he can do it whenever. So we'll get Mikey on here. It's funny that I wanted to interview him because Tim sent me a picture of him the other day. Like, it was an interesting picture. We'll have to talk to Mike about it. <laughs> get to the bottom of what's going on with him. But anyways, <laughs> everybody, I hope you had a good weekend. I hope you're having a good Monday hump day. I know. it's Wednesday. Nope. Remember those commercials? I do. They're great. Those Bud Light commercials were the best commercials. Or they were Budweiser. Was I thought it was Geico. I just assume everything's Geico. Oh, it might have been Geico. But even the Budweiser commercials used to be really funny. Everything's so serious now. You know what I mean? You're offending everybody. No one has a sense of humor anymore. But anyways, <laughs> again, that's another podcast for another day. <laughs> uh, I will see everybody. Oh, I'll talk to everybody. A little. We should have like a drop in the gloves party. Yeah. Can we do that? You would hate that. We would socially um, distance responsibly. I'd be 100 miles away. And you could talk about fans. No, I would enjoy that. I think it'd be fun. Maybe when this stuff clears up, we'll have like a little uh, get together. We've got hundreds of thousands of listeners. Dozens of us. There are dozens. There's a lot of people listening to the show. And I, I appreciate every single listen. I really do. It means a lot. I hope everyone's doing well again for the third time. And we will talk to you on Wednesday. Cheers, everybody. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at dropping underscore gloves for episode highlights, behind the scenes content, sneak peeks, and giveaways. Check out johnscottallstar.com slash shop for merchandise including t-shirts, hats, hoodies, and so much more. And please, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's so important to helping us grow so we can keep delivering the hockey content and interviews with the players you love. Thanks and see you next time.